think extending beyond that, the technical challenge is one thing. And I think the team did a great job of like just taking all that data, processing it quickly enough and then getting it available on screen. But I think there's also the human challenge as well, right? The one thing I love about working at Shopify is like we have a range of users and customers that range from like someone who's a bit like my mum, bless her, like who's not very computer literate, like all the way up to probably a professional data scientist looking at this data. So the big challenge I think we had coming in, we went round in circles on this quite a bit. It was like, how do we, how do we service both of those audiences? everybody welcome to another episode of the liquid weekly podcast i'm your host carl and with us always is taylor page and today we're very excited because we have two special guests from the shopify performance team with us today michael gooding and kimberly olero michael kimberly welcome to the show do you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves thank you thank you uh yes yeah, so i'm kimberly i'm a senior product manager here at shopify i work on the storefronts product most recently shipping an update to our web performance dashboards and my name's Michael Gidding. I head up our growth services, professional services team. We work directly with merchants to help them grow their businesses on Shopify. Excellent. And we appreciate you guys joining us. We know we've been trying to do this for a few weeks now, but you've been kind of busy over there at Shopify, working on something, something additions. So how's your life been recently? You've been pretty packed. I mean, this week has been a lot less packed now that additions <laughs> is out in the world, uh, but leading up to it, certainly been quite busy. Yeah. Awesome. Michael, how about yourself? Are you also feeling the, the strain come off? Yeah, we have a constant one. So we're, we're continually <laughs> working with merchants, but uh, it, it was actually, this is the first project that I've got involved in in actually shipping something for additions. And it was great to see Kimberly and the team working and how they kind of gravitate towards that deadline and just all out. Um, and yeah, I just got to watch from the sidelines while I <laughs> do my best to help them where I can. <laughs> That's nice. Well, it's kind of fun to have those seasons product development, but uh, it's always nice to be on the other side of the big push and bask in the calm for another week or two, right? And then I'm sure it starts all over again for you. Yeah, definitely does. Yep. We're in planning phase right now, but oh, it was no. great to see. <laughs> it was great to see it well-received, the new yeah. performance dashboard. So we're really excited yeah, that that was the case. Now, Taylor, we owe this serendipitous meeting all to you because uh, you're the one that sort of found these guys and arranged it all and set it all up. Do you want to sort of introduce the main topic we're, we're hoping to attack today? Yeah, so we um, really were hoping to talk about these new performance updates. Uh, so, you know, beforehand, uh, most folks are familiar with when you're in the online store and you kind of see the speed score, you've probably heard of it only because a merchant was complaining about it at some point or another, um, not really understanding the purpose of the score or anything like that, just that there is a score and there's some feedback in there. And now with this most recent update, um, I'm... I'm I'm just excited about it because I, I do some speed optimization out in the wild working with folks. And so um, having uh, met Michael before previously on Twitter, when I uh, put my foot in my mouth talking about <laughs> performance and he was very gracious and kind to me in uh, pointing out his, his contributions uh, on the Shopify's end uh, of things. And so since, since then, uh, you know, we were able to uh, stay in touch and uh, thankfully uh, was open to coming on and talking about this big change. So um you know, Michael and, and Kimberly, it would be great if we could talk a little bit about um, this big change, this Shopify web performance dashboard, uh, where before we were, you know, we had we had this score and it kind of popped up, you know, several years ago and those sorts of things. Um, I don't think people actually cared about performance before then. It was just something that developers talked about. Um, and then people did because there was the score, but there's a lot of nuance to it. 
Uh, and so, you know, maybe that was part of the change uh, and those sorts of things. But I'd really love to hear about, um, you know, maybe we can talk about just in general, like what has changed, at least for those of maybe the folks that aren't working in this stuff day to day. Yeah, I mean, I'll take that one. Um, so previously, our speed score looked at the lighthouse speed only. So it was kind of a, a singular focus as opposed to a broader holistic view of web performance. So using Lighthouse, you're only looking at speed. Um, and we were seeing a lot of, like a lot of, it was just obscured, a little bit abstract, I would say, the way that we had calculated it. And so not only did we only look at one metric, but that metric was different from what you would see on Google's Lighthouse speed score because mm -hmm. to do it at scale for all Shopify merchants, um, that, that service just, um, yeah, it was just a little bit tough to get right. an accurate score, to match it to Google. Um, and so it gave merchants more confusion, I would say, than help. Sure. And so we tried to move away from Lighthouse to looking at real user metrics. So Lighthouse is uh, a synthetic metric. So just mm -hmm. using a simulated environment of your browser and network speed and all of that, which is great for getting quick results, but it doesn't necessarily paint a picture for merchants about what their actual buyers are experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so we made a big shift to lean towards real user data, exactly what their merchants and their buyers would be experiencing and going beyond just speed and looking at all three core web vitals, which represent not only speed, but visual stability and interaction, which again is like a holistic view of um, web performance. So when you say that was a synthetic um, representation, did they choose just one set of criteria for how to represent sort of that typical browser session and use that to base your score? Or did they try like a low bandwidth, high bandwidth, low latency, high latency and combine all that into the metric or was it just best case scenario? In the Ooh. previous Lighthouse? Yeah, previous lighthouse. Okay, so it was uh, it was basically an aggregation. What we would do is you take a product page, a collection page, and a home page, and then we would try and be a little bit smart and weight them accordingly based on your traffic that you see across your site, and then you would end up with one single score. But obviously, the problem there is like if one goes up, and yet you think like home page typically has like ten, fifteen percent of page views. If that suddenly shot up, and then it has a a big impact then no one knows where that's coming from and i think that was one of the big mm -hmm. big things that really confused people is they'd be like, well, hang on a minute my product page on the actual lighthouse tool looks fine but yours has mm -hmm. gone up and gone down and, and people just like it couldn't really comprehend it um the instructions for it were kind of buried like three layers deep in the interface as well like actually how we did it yeah. was documented but people would never click through that mm -hmm. far but um i think just going back a little bit in time as well, I think, um, Taylor, to your point, you said that you know, it popped up about seven years ago, whenever it was. And I think the, the whole purpose of that at the time was to mm -hmm. shine a light on performance, to your point, like no one really cared. And, you know, that right. was why it was there. And I think in that sense, it was successful. It made people care. But I think as right. the industry and the metrics and the measurement tools have evolved, I feel like it was just becoming a little bit outdated. And then that's why we made the decision to to move forward with a more modern approach right well in core web vitals even too if we're going to go back i mean that's only several years old you know in regards to you know a lot of the other benefits that we see from search and stuff like that i think we're going to talk about that a little bit so i don't want to get ahead of myself or anything but you know that that is to say when the tool first came out lighthouse was was the best basically tool that we had at the time right does that sound yeah. accurate 100 percent 
And I think the other thing is that real user monitoring tools and measurements have historically been quite expensive. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And until Core Web Vitals and the Google Crux report was released, there was never a free repository of, of real user data. You would have to go and pay a, a, a provider and it's not a cheap service. Um, no. It's it's mm -hmm. quite expensive. So so yeah, at the time it was it was there, it was, I'm going to say free, obviously there was a cost of setting it up and the infrastructure sure. to host it, but um, it was available. And like I say, that's why it was chosen at the time. No, yeah, that's awesome. And so for folks that, that aren't as familiar too, just Lighthouse, when we keep referencing that is just an open source tool from, from Google. Um, and a lot of us know and use it now um, in a couple of different ways, but basically sends a bot to uh, emulate that traffic. But it is, you know, it's, it's based on a lot of times like a throttled connection, probably a lower performing processor than, you know, what most devices are using and all this fun stuff. So it's, it's not um, real world for a lot of, what merchants are going to be seeing. So that's why uh, those scores uh, weren't always the best indication of how the, the actual shop was performing at the time. So, um, you know, would love to learn a little bit more. I think, you know, we've talked pretty high level between Lighthouse um, and those sorts of things. But, you know, um, as, as far as, you know, we're moving more towards like real user monitoring, right? So this uh, reference here, um, you know, as, as far as um, the, the primary reason behind the change, I think we've talked about this a little bit, uh, but what, what really maybe kicked this off? Because the this tool has been around for a long time. Uh, we've talked about there have been better tools, but obviously there has to be a significant enough drive uh, to change the existing tool, right? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I'm sure y'all have a lot of other competing priorities. Um, so what, maybe what kind of like ultimately push that over to where like, this is now a, a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I think we always knew it was important mm -hmm. and that the lighthouse speed score could be improved. Um, but again, it's a prioritization game, right? So yeah. it's just like the stars just so happen to line up at this time. I think one of the catalysts as well is that Shopify has been doing a lot on their actual storefront rendering speeds mm -hmm. and telling that story holistically if a merchant storefront isn't performant, then they're not going to reap the benefits of our servers being mm. performant. And so I think that was more so the catalyst of why this got prioritized now. It's like we knew that there was opportunity, but because we are investing so much in the backend infrastructure and rendering times, we really wanted to make sure that merchants could take advantage of that on the front end by feeling more control in control of their storefront performance. Yeah, absolutely. And and the idea behind a lot of this, right, is there's a lot of more context um, other than just just that general score, right? The, the 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 initial score. So I don't know if you can talk a little bit about that specifically as far as like the context here of the transition that this does actually provide for some merchants, because um, I do know we kind of have this rollout that's happening right now, right? Uh, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I haven't seen it in any of the shops that I'm working in, but I know like this, this probably takes like weeks, right. Before this gets rolled out kind of type thing, um, just because of the scale. So I don't know if you can talk a little bit about that aside from, you know, what we've been able to see in, in the announcement and additions. And, uh, then also in the, the posts that y'all have done as well, where the write up about this. Yeah. I mean, by all means, the write up includes everything that we plan to ship in the upcoming weeks. Um, so it shouldn't be too much of a surprise publicly, Mm -hmm. But yeah, we're trying to offer a lot more context and again, objective measures. So like Michael said, that calculation for our lighthouse 
was quite complex looking at product pages and collection and homepage and then trying to, I think on mobile as well, it wasn't even looking at desktop, mm -hmm. doing a weighted average, like very smart, but we are obscuring all of that away from the merchants. So the feedback that we received was a lot of people didn't know what, how it was calculated. So mm. they didn't know how it was calculated. It was different from what the Google's free tools were showing. And it just added so much confusion. And then it didn't provide enough actionable insights to say, hey, like, where is this problem happening? Right. And that was the big part of it too, right? You can see that there's a problem, but if you can't take action on it, what's the point? Mm -hmm. So with these new metrics, we our big uh, principle for us was to just provide objective metrics. So we're giving you the exact same value for each core web vital that Google would looking at a 28 day 75th percentile, um, just to show if you've passed or failed on each of the metrics. And then going a step further, you let's say if you're trying to evaluate the scores, you see that your cumulative layout shift is performing poorly, then you can dive a little bit deeper. So we're trying mm -hmm. to give something high level an objective, and then the opportunity to dig in deeper to understand where things went wrong. And that's when we open it up to a, a time series to be able to see your cumulative layout shift over time, to look at it on mobile versus desktop uh, coming soon as well as to be able to see changes that you've made to your storefront. So have you installed an app that slowed down your site? probably has, uh, or maybe mm. made changes to the code or published a new theme. So we're really trying to provide just way more context, um, more directional cues, and either help merchants, like help them pinpoint, and then either take action themselves with tons of great resources like Michael's performance blog, but also giving them the language and vocabulary to speak to a developer should they need to reach out for help. Yeah. I think just doubling down on that, that's the key thing there, right? Is this data alone doesn't make anyone's website faster and therefore doesn't yeah. increase their conversion rates, right? It's about giving them the right information, the right context to them go and be able to do something about it. And I think that's the intent here. Um, Kimberly, just one very small thing, which you said that I just want to, for everyone listening, just to avoid any future confusion. While the methods of calculations are the same as what you will see from Google and Crux, on the core web vitals, the data set is slightly different of what we show and they show. Okay, so there's a couple of differences here. So the Google data is only made up of Google users or Google Chrome users, I should say, um, mm. on mobile and desktop who have opted in to have their performance data shared. Our data set is probably a little bit bigger. So we also include Firefox that now supports LCP. Um, we also include all of the web views. So if you're clicking out from a social media, um, uh, advert and clicking onto a web view in Chrome, then you will also get that included in our data as well. And I also think there is a slight difference that the Chrome data includes forward back navigations and we don't deliberately so because we feel like they're always fast and you don't really want to worry about those. You want to just focus in on, yeah. you know, you don't want the cash page or whatever that you've already yeah, like, visited, like, right? Like that's not good. Kind of yeah. Just patting yourself on the back for no great reason right and so but we and need the, that michael <laughs> well maybe no, that's good future, that's more real world that's more real world no you're right maybe in the future we could expose both or something i don't know but like for now we decided that actually what you need to know is how it's loading properly not like these kind of like glorified metrics are like oh yeah great it was really fast for 10 percent of users but like so yeah they just press back on their browser it doesn't really count right um, well yeah that's a good call out specifically you know but you know because a lot of times we're talking to we care a lot about the the users that were you know the customers we're 
we're trying to win over, right? Like those first time customers, you know, your, your repeat customers, usually they're already sunk in. They're willing to wait maybe if it takes a little bit longer, you know, when we're talking about trying to win over conversions, it's those first time customers. That's real important. So that's, that's a really good thought, uh, how that was implemented then. That's exciting. I can imagine, and Kim, I think you already kind of touched on it, but early in the conversation, I was really thinking through, okay, I've seen both sides, engineering and product management. It seems like there's two challenges, what you guys have pulled off here. And the big one, obviously, is presenting it to the user in a way that makes sense from a UX standpoint. I imagine you put a lot of thought into that. Are there any call-outs you want to make in terms of what people could pick up on there, things you should pay attention to, and how we can make the most of that information and the way you presented it? Oh, yeah. So it was definitely an interesting challenge, right? Because we're working with big data sets and statistics, <laughs> which is not always the easiest thing to work with from a design perspective. So there was a lot that went into the UX and our designer, Rosina, did an amazing, amazing job. We chatted with a lot of merchants, putting ideas in front of them to see if the visualizations made sense and resonated. So I think one of the biggest challenges was to communicate the idea of the 75th percentile. So showing the best 75 um, views or yeah, views, not visits, um, for each metric. So if you look at the scorecards, there's like small nuances, but you can see the little, um, the little arrow that indicates where the 75th percentile fits and really just trying to communicate that you're going to have users or buyers that range through the different statuses. So you might have a score where your 75th percentile is maybe needs improvement, but that doesn't mean that all buyers are having a bad experience. So we actually show the distribution of buyer experience. So we'll show you how many of your buyers had a good experience, how many needs improvement or how many were okay. And again, it's just more and more context to help merchants really prioritize these problems and see how big of a problem it is. Because you could be right on the cusp between good and needs improvement and maybe then it's not that big of a deal, but if you're in the red, then you can see that you're in the red and maybe the majority of your buyer's experiences are in the red. So that was, I mean, it looks simple now, but there was a ton of nuance uh, that went into those scorecards. I think extending beyond that, the technical challenge is one thing. And I think the team did a great job of like, just taking all that data, processing it quickly enough, and then getting it available on screen. But I think there's also the human challenge as well, right? The one thing I love about working at Shopify is like, we have a range of users and customers that range from like someone who's a bit like my mum, bless her, like who's not very computer literate, like all the way up to probably a professional data scientist looking at this data. So the big challenge I think we had, and we went round in circles on this quite a bit, it was like, how do we how do we service both of those audiences? Um, and I think you'll notice some like like subtleties in the labeling. Like, <laughs> I think this came about, I went to a conference last year. It's uh, the Performance Now conference. It's based in Amsterdam. It's like the number one web performance conference. I say the number one because it's probably the only one left. But it's a fantastic event. And, and someone did a talk. It made me laugh. And they, they said they're like, they said, look, we're all performance engineers and we all talk this language. But what kind of person invented a metric called last contentful paint? They're like, what does that actually mean? Like, it's ridiculous, <laughs> right? Like, it doesn't talk to anything. It means nothing. And so, like, our mm -hmm. challenge with this interface was, like, how do we take a concept, like, large content, largest contentful paint, which is ridiculously named, and make it accessible and understandable to someone like my mom, who, like, very rarely uses a computer? 
And, and I think we've tried to address that in there as well. Like, you know, no doubt there'll be lots of data scientists that'll be telling us that there's more that we could have done and made it more complicated. But actually, a lot of our users aren't data scientists. Shock horror! Like they're they're commerce people. They want to sell things, right? They don't want to learn all these fancy phrases and things like that that obviously like we care deeply about, but they don't translate well. Right. You know, and somewhere out there. Go ahead, Somewhere out there in our, you know, five or 10 listeners, the person who invented that is listening <laughs> to this right now, Michael, and he's sad. So if you are the guy that came up with our discontentful paint, we respect you. We appreciate you. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Kim. No, I was just going to say coming on to this product um, at the very beginning as well. And everything was just FID, CLS. <laughs> Right. And it was just like acronym, 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 acronym. And I was like, yeah. whoa, <laughs> like this is it's, a lot to take it's in. Tough. Yeah. When you're talking to people and talk, even talking to merchants, because again, like a lot of those initial reach outs, which is why I'm very excited about this tool, because this this is all like so much more actionable. And it's like not like, there was so much education on the front end uh, when you're trying to work with someone that's just like, I know that this speed score like something's wrong you know, but like all of, all of their, they have these many misgivings about it and which is good and bad. Half the time it's just like, you know, educating people about it and turning them down, like doing a quick check and being like, you actually don't need to worry about this. Like, honestly, mm. you don't like you're, you're better, you know, suited to try to invest in these other spaces. So, you know, but like Michael's talking about, I'm just trying to like go through and you're, you're typing up an email and I'm shorting everything to, you know, the little acronyms or whatever to FID and, you know, trying to like spell all that out, do a good job spelling it out and putting it in the little parentheses. So that way they know what the heck you're talking about throughout. Um, but it is, it, it's, it makes it much more meaningful and actionable. I think just, just looking at this, um, I think, I feel like this like provides so much more context and, you know, fantastic aside from uh, this was going to be a question and Michael, you touched on this. I don't know if you want to talk about this a little bit more as well about, um, the initial thought that I had when, um, you know, the little, thing pops up in the dashboard about you know the score changing I love uh, to anyone else uh -oh. there you're back oh, okay good deal sorry um well so as far as the um the initial pop-up in this the performance dashboard with the score before you know let us know hey like this is going to be changing core web vitals so a lot of folks i think from the performance side were thinking like okay how are we going to deal with newer merchants like what are they going to see but i think that's michael you touched on this Y'all had met this a little bit by Shopify is using mostly their own data, more so than just Google's opt-in traffic. So whereas, you know, Google really won't give you, you know, any kind of core web vitals feedback without a, a lot of users, but y'all are able to surface that much more quickly. Yeah. I mean, that uh, Kimberly, you can probably talk to this as well. I think there was a little bit of backwards and forwards with our data scientists and what's statistically relevant. And so I think when you're talking about a 75th percentile and bucketing it into good, bad, and, and needs improvement and things, I think there is a nuance there. But I think what we've tried to do is say, look, even if you've only got 10 users, you can tell them that you had nine of them got a good experience and one of them got that. That's useful information that, you know, is really going to help a lot of our merchants. And I think there will be, um, you know, and Taylor, you'll, you'll run into this probably with consultancy. I think there will be a little bit of confusion potentially sure. um, to begin with from merchants. But I think the message we would give them is that, you know, just look at all of your visitors, like see where the patterns lie. And then to your point, I think you mentioned this earlier is like, does it represent a big enough 
issue to spend time on because again from our point of view for every dollar or hour that someone spends having to deal with something technical on shopify it's an hour they're not dealing with selling something and so yeah. our mission is really to try and just do that for them and so like i say there'll be a small learning curve but we hope that we got the balance right in in choosing to, to kind of display it because to your point like i don't we didn't maybe actually we did do the math didn't we Kimberly, around how many uh, merchants would have seen data at the levels of the core web vitals and i think there was a large population that wouldn't have seen any uh, any information yeah. at all yeah yeah that was probably our biggest challenge was how do we handle low data scenarios mm -hmm. um and to reach statistical significance we realized that not a lot of early merchants would get there um and so we really yeah. just tried to say like let's expose what we have Let's collect as much as we can, expose as many views as we can. And so we actually do consolidate uh, by default the mobile and desktop views. We provide okay. subsequent filters. So if you want to drill down to mobile or you want to drill down to desktop, you can if you have nice. sufficient data to do so. But again, to kind of build out that data set, we default to collecting or displaying both views. And we also show the number of views to help merchants again with more context to say like, oh, my score is bad, but I've had five views. Maybe I should spend money on, you know, driving traffic to my site instead of performance at this point. So really, again, just helping them paint that full picture and understand that like, maybe this is not the time to invest in performance and maybe you should invest somewhere else. I really appreciate that you said that, Kimberly, even the fact that you used the term statistical significance, because I think what that communicates to us is that this wasn't just some numbers that you're, you know, kind of massaging and making it look good. You guys actually have a lot of data science behind this to show really meaningful, actionable data. It's not just a general indication, right? And so it sounds like this is something that's really going to be a benefit. And then even taking the time to make it work on those edge cases, like the low data cases, like you mentioned just now. Oftentimes tools say, oh, there's just not enough data to help you. Sorry, you know, that kind of thing. But it sounds like you're really working hard to even make it work for folks in that situation. And that's really cool. Thanks for taking the time to do that. No problem. Yeah, we're hoping it helps a lot of merchants. Maybe you will. Um, so as as far as, you know, the, the future of the web performance dashboard and this rollout and those sorts of things, um, I, I had noticed you know, as well in the initial outset here, you know, we've got references to that first input delay um, and those sorts of things that we are looking at an update to INP, the interaction index paint, um, rolling out in March. Um, from what I saw, they're gonna start gathering data already for this in February. So is there gonna be, you know, the, the dashboard's gonna roll out then it's gonna get another update here, like after March or how, what does that look like for y'all? And how, how annoying was that, that right at the same time that you were rolling this out, you were having to account for a brand new set of metrics? <laughs> well, it would have been nice if that coincided with additions as well. <laughs> right. Um, but it didn't. So yes, it's definitely on our radar mm -hmm. um, and we're trying to get that roadmap to switch over to IMP. Yeah. yeah. I think it was announced on the same day as additions, wasn't it? It's like great timing, but uh, no, yeah. we, knew it, we, we knew it was coming. We've been speaking to some folks over at Google. So like we, we knew it was there. Um, a little bit of history. We've actually been collecting the data for a while. And uh, I think Good, yeah. with, with the addition of INP, we made a decision to be more efficient internally and kind of future-proof the, the process of collecting data. We're mm -hmm. going to switch beacons. And I think in order to do that, that's why it didn't get done for additions. So we had Good. a choice. Um, I think Kimberly made the sensible choice to to go with additions with what we had, and we would then come back and and revisit IMP afterwards. But uh, yeah, we'll 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 see. 
Well, makes sense because I mean the I mean obviously uh, you know from everything I've seen here or what have you I haven't like I, said, I haven't seen it in a dashboard quite yet, but every it's still an improvement regardless. Even if we're finally looking at you know even um, you know just core vitals in general, it's still a massive improvement leap. So um, I mean, kudos to y'all for for having that. And sounds like it was a good good thing to have an existing relationship there with Google to be able to kind of get out in front of that too. Hundred <laughs> percent. I, on the um, improvement there, it's like, like you say, I think I sent a note to Kimberly and the team. I think I've estimated it's going to send me, is it 10 days a year? I'd estimated that this is going to save me in explaining to people why not to focus on their speed score. Easy, um, easily. Like, <laughs> I, I, it, was, it was like half an hour per customer, two customers a week. Like that was my basis. And I think I worked yep. out that was 10 days a year just for me. And we got two other people in the performance team um, having the same conversation. So like as yep. far as we're concerned, like that's now... 10 days we can go reinvest in something else <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah fantastic that's it's it's a huge bump there should resonate uh, to you, you as know, well taylor right and all of our freelance partners it, it it does like i said i'm i'm doing nothing but singing y'all's praises so you know you've 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 got a yes. you've got a good good advocate in my corner here i can't uh, tell you the number well, of conversations and... i've had with agency owners or other developers just like this this merchant we love them to death but they're so fixated on the light speed score like we got mm. to help them see there's more to life than that score and so hopefully this will do that and the fixation was so interesting too yeah. because previously we had um, a comparison to other storefronts mm -hmm. which was such a controversial thing people either loved it or hated it but the reaction to it was so interesting because people would either have 99 percent or let's say 95%, but if they were lower than similar scores, they would like want that hundred more than anything. <laughs> yep. Or alternatively, they would have like 30, but because they were similar to other stores or better, they'd be like, oh, okay, I guess I'm better than them. It's fine that it's 30. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't well, and, really and, help anyone. Yeah. That's what I always would start off with is, you know, it's not this, uh, you know, and I'm not sure if this works from an international front, but from US-based merchants, it's like, it's, it's not like a, you know, we're thinking of zero to 100, like, you know, in, in terms of like grades in grade school, right? You know, and so people see a 30, you know, or even a 60 and like, this is an F or a D, you know, and, and somebody's calling home to mom and I'm not gonna get to play video games because I failed this test or whatever kind of thing. It's like, it's not, that's not what it means in this context. So it, it, it is nice to not have to go through that whole rigmarole. But, you know, and, and this might be backtracking a little bit from what we were talking about, but I think, you know, some of us, you know, especially on the technical side, yes, great. Like developers have cared about performance for a very long time. And there are people who even specialize, obviously, uh, on, on the performance front. But why why should merchants even care? I think, you know, Michael's already touched on this a little bit kind of type thing because it's, it's not as simple. You know, everyone's read this like study at some point, right, where Amazon shaved off uh, one, you know, one hundredth of a second on load times and they saw, you know, an extra 100K a month or something like some some ridiculous stat. And so every merchant who's turning over $100 a month then thinks that, you know, their low lighthouse score is why they're not getting um, sales. And so I don't know, Michael, if you want to talk about that or what have you, like why, why are merchants supposed to care when we're, you know, we're technical people. We obviously, we want things to run fast. You know, it's, it's kind of like a little bit of a quality thing on our end that things aren't slow and we haven't written poor code. Uh, but from when you're talking to merchants, they don't necessarily care about like that, that what, what should merchants care about performance uh, in that regard? And why, why should we talk about it this much? So there's actually a graph we always show people. So when we do work with merchants, I think the first thing we try and ask is like, do you genuinely believe that a faster website will make your business better, like increase conversions, reduce bounce rates? And if they, if they say no, 
we could pull out a graph which has a correlation between, we'd normally go for LCP because it's got the best correlation, um, but correlation and LCP to um, conversion and we tend to see anything, like you will definitely always see a peak around the sort of one and a half to two and a half seconds and the two and a half seconds is your Core Web Vitals target. So it kind of explains why that is what it is. And then after that point, you see a line going down and it will work its way down to zero. Um, doesn't matter what the merchant is, what segment they're in, what they sell, I always see the line when we look at that data. Now, one thing I would say is the steepness of that line going down will depend on what they're selling. So if you're selling luxury goods where there's like not a lot of choice, the line becomes a lot more flat and actually it doesn't go down as fast. But if you're in a commodities-based market and you're selling things where there is a lot of choice, that line is as steep as you like. So right. it, I've never seen a merchant yet um, in probably the last 10 years looking at data like this that doesn't have that correlation. So if anyone doesn't believe me, come and tell me your store. I'll, I'll have a look at the data and I'll show you the line. Um, you, you'd be amazed. So I think like that's the first thing is it does matter. Um, and the data yeah. is there to, to prove it. And so um, I think that's what I would say to anyone who, who didn't believe that performance is important for the business. And, and we yeah, also do it the matters, same with- It matters to customers, right? Which ultimately yeah, 100%. is-, is mm -hmm. um, And we also see the same correlation in bounce rate as well, but it's the inverse. Obviously bounce rate goes up as performance gets, gets worse. Right. Yeah, because customers aren't, aren't interested in waiting around for things to load or when they click on something or things are moving around, you know, and all those things. And again, the benefit of Core Web Vitals is focusing more on just the, the speed aspect, but actual yeah. experience of the user or, or customers and our jargon. Well, it's interesting to think about there too, Taylors. I don't know in your work if you've ever come across, I'm going to call them those unicorn sites, the sites that are so bad and yet they seem to sell so well. And you think, <laughs> man, if they're doing this well with this crappy of a site, imagine what you could do for them if you have that data and actually got them to a better performance spot. So, yeah. And that's an interesting point is like this, the web performance is not going to make or break you having a great product. It's not going to get you product market fit. Right. Yeah. It's like saying that, you know, core web vitals and web performance is the silver bullet to getting ranked on SEO. But if you're not creating content <laughs> and yeah. you're not optimizing your site for SEO, no matter what you do for performance, you're not going to get there. So I think there's like, there is nuance here, right? Like you do have to have a great product and you do have to have product market fit. And if you're playing the SEO game, you do need to have great content. But if there's any kind of tie breaking scenario, web performance absolutely will make that difference, right? If a buyer has to choose between A and B and your site is faster, it's going to win. And I think with the web now, everyone's online and maybe that's why web performance is becoming more like people are caring about it more is because there's a lot more competition. And yeah. so I think merchants do need to care because it's very, very easy for buyers to just go to another site. Yeah. It, it obviously I'm heavily invested in web performance, right? It's where I spent the last 10 years of my career, but even I am like realistic about this and, and to Kimberly's point, like, Web performance isn't a magic bullet. It's not going to turn a failing mm -hmm. business into an amazing business if you suddenly speed up your site. But what I always say to people is, like, it's about lost opportunity. If you can, if you spend all that those dollars bringing someone to your site, don't make performance be the reason that they jump off. Right? You spent all that time and effort in getting them there. Like, don't make it a a, a bad experience. And I think that's what, yeah. what web performance is about: is taking those users that are already there and those ones that maybe do get a little bit frustrated and keeping them engaged and not long enough to then go and 
hopefully purchase through your store. Yeah. And that's, that's a great point as far as I think, I feel like Michael, I'm stealing this from you. So I apologize if, if that was, but I think that's, that was what you touched on. And that's that idea is there are so many problems that we can't necessarily fix on a store. Right. But performance is one of the ones we can. So mm. like, yeah, absolutely. If we can focus on that and, and y'all had touched a little bit here now to Kim on, on the SEO aspect of that. Cause yes, like content's always going to be king. Um, this idea, you know, product market fit, right. You know, from Carl's example, like some of these stores are like, what the heck is going on here? You know, they've got all these other things. So from, from your suggestion to, you know, considerations for performance, that's also going to lend itself positively to SEO as well. Do y'all want to like touch on that kind of from a high level too? And then we don't have probably too much time to go into that. Um, but as far as, uh, maybe how you talk to or look at that for merchants. That Maybe one's pretty nuanced. I do want you to take that, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the SEO side of things, it's a, it's a really good point. And um, like, just I think to Kimberly, your point earlier, right? You're not going to suddenly just march up the rankings if you get a faster site, right? You, you need a lot of things to be done well to get better SEO. Um, however, like performance is a is a part of that. And that's one of the things. And so, you know, if, the, if you are tying with other people, then you should, you should make sure that you, uh, you know, again, don't let performance be the reason why someone outranks you on Google. Um, we had an interesting case study with a, a customer uh, or merchant about a year and a half ago where we, based on the previous correlations that I told you, we, we can sometimes accurately like predict, like if we were to improve your performance from X to Y, we estimate that you'll improve conversion by this. And if we apply it to your last six months of orders, we think that it will result in this revenue increase. And we had a, a a project with a merchant where they, they were struggling a little bit. Um, so their kind of LCP or largest contentful pain or speed, if we want to kind of <laughs> go down to the proper English, like, uh, description that people understand, they were up at like sort of the four second mark and we got them down to about two. And so we'd done our predictions and we said it was going to make them an extra X million in, in revenue. And so we went back to them about two or three months later and said, look, you know, um, how's it going? Um, we think you're going to go up this X and they said, actually, it's more. And so the reason it was more because they were getting a higher conversion as we predicted, but they also got a lot more extra traffic because they had started climbing those rankings as well. And nice. so with the addition of the extra organic traffic on top of the addition of the extra conversion rate, they actually went higher and the higher was like a half of what we predicted. So if we told them they were going to get an extra, let's say 10 million, I'm pulling this number they actually ended up with like 15. And so wow. it was a really nice validating moment as well that, you know, it's not just the raw on page performance that you're going to see improvement. Potentially you're going to get more organic traffic as well. That's awesome. That's a, yeah. It's like a flywheel almost. It's really cool to see that in action. It was for them. Absolutely. Yeah. It's also one of the challenges, you know, as a developer is if you're working with a merchant, if you make the mistake of going down the road of, Hey, we'll work on your speed and we'll, you'll see the X percent increase in sales or revenue or whatever. You have to realize there's so much that's out of your hands, whether it's something the merchant does after you've, you know, helped them get the site up to speed that really reduces the conversion rate or whether it's SEO ranking thing or who knows what. So that's an area you really have to tread carefully, but I'm really glad that you're able to give them some, some good predictions there, Michael. Do you have any advice for other folks that might be in a similar spot? Like, would you say, just don't go there or is it, is it safe to kind of give some guidance from what you might expect? As in like how much improvement would you expect yeah. to see? I would say if you're thinking about those core web vital boundaries and like your LCP is a good one second 
over where you should be. So coming at like this sort of three point something and you can get that down to the two point something, I think you will see a recognizable difference. I think when you start going to those like point ones of a second and point twos, it's not always as noticeable. And it, like you said earlier, with the fluctuations around conversion and all of the other things that go into bringing that number out in the first place, um, it's a little bit harder to see. But like I say, if you're already over a second over that mark, then I think it, that's where we would be going back to that conversation we had earlier, which is like, actually, this is a good place to invest your time because I think the rewards and the benefits would be there. How quickly do those changes to a site show up in that performance data? So if I'm a developer, I'm making changes to a merchant site to speed it up. Should I see that reflected almost immediately in the dashboard or does it take some time for that data to be processed? It would take time because it's all the real user visits, right? So once the change has been made and published, it would have to take any new traffic coming in. And then that's going to be not averaged, but it's going to take the 75th percentile over the 28 days. Sure. So it will take a while to see the full new data so, set, I would say. So it's a bit of a lagging indicator. You have to anticipate that. Mm-hmm. I think it's less than 24 hours, though, Kim- Kimberly, right? To collect it, yes. But to actually see significant change on the number, because we're looking at the 28-day bucket, Yeah. I yeah, would so say I think- it would take a little bit to, to change it. Yeah, so I think data comes through and it's processed relatively quicker. I don't want to put words out there because I'm not sure exactly on the <laughs> I know what it is for the back end and our reports we use, but I don't know what we've done on the front end. But yeah, so there is a slight time delay in getting it back. What I would say, though, in terms of uh, changes in user behavior, there's, there's two schools of thoughts on this. The first one is instantaneous and we've seen this um we had one merchant it's a great story for this podcast um super focused on speed score we tried our best to educate them otherwise they went ahead with an engagement with us and we thought they'd agreed with us that it was all about the real user data we improved them dramatically their conversion rate went up by about from about two percent to four percent overnight um the same day they implemented the changes we gave them and then they weren't happy because their speed score didn't get uh didn't improve by the same amount <laughs> and so i was like yeah but your conversion rate went up like and they were like it's yeah, not but a 90 so <laughs> i was like we literally doubled their conversion but um but that was instantaneous but i have seen um a friend of mine used to work as a performance engineer at Trivago, he did a study once about the idea of muscle memory and that sometimes it takes time for people to come back and revisit your site because if they've been today and they were put off because it was slow and laggy, like maybe they don't come back again for a week or two weeks and things like that. And so to get that kind of traffic to then change their minds because they're the users that are going to make your conversion increase, right? Because you'll have a group of loyal customers that are probably visiting your site every day. They'll buy your products because they're great and they don't care that the performance is slow. But it's those kind of um, swaying, like uh, easily led kind of uh, customers that are the ones that you really want to sway and, and influence them to say, look, this is a great buying experience. And so that can take time. They don't come back every day because they were there last week and it was slow. So maybe they'll come back in two or three weeks. And so there's this second school of thought that you get this kind of longer um, point in, in time and benefit as well. So you should never just look at like the first week after making a change and go, oh, well, it didn't change. Like give it, give it a bit of time because um, you hopefully will see those improvements. Actually, just adding to that, I'm thinking of the scorecards and the numbers not shifting as quickly. But if you look at the, the second page where it's the time series, we do show different breakdowns like daily, weekly, monthly. So with that daily view, you should be able to see the numbers trending up or down. Gotcha. So if you're actively working on performing a store's performance, increasing a store's performance, you can get some quick feedback by looking at that second drill down. 
Is what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 100%. Like, I, I'm not going to throw it out there, but it's going to be at least 24 hours. It might be lower, but uh, that's the other advantage over the Core Web Vital reports as well, right? Is that they give you a rolling 28-day window or a full month's worth of data, which you then have to wait a couple of weeks for as well. So if, you, like, if you're making changes, it's really hard to see, did that make a difference? Whereas obviously our data will, will let you see that straight away within the time zone of time frame of us processing that data. So I have another question for Kimberly, unless you have one queued up, Taylor. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. So Kimberly, being on the product side of things, uh, what are some things you really want users of this tool, both merchants, but more developers, because primarily our audience, to understand and to appreciate about what they can do and utilize through this beautiful interface you put together? Ooh. Um, so I think it hasn't shipped yet, but we're uh, planning to ship it soon, is the breakdown of events. So like I said before, being able to see like app installs, app installs, code changes, theme published events, I think that's going to be really meaningful. Um, we are also exposing an API. So that right now it's in an unstable version, but I think for anyone that's particularly interested in web performance metrics and want to kind of create their own visualizations, we are exposing the aggregated data as well for any kind of passionate developers. So what are some but of the I use would, cases you've envisioned for that? Um, so that one we're still, I mean, Michael might be more equipped to answer this one because he's actually built custom visualizations. Uh, As in what can people start doing with the data if they pull the raw data? Yeah. yeah like, oh, uh, what would I do with the data if I had a chance? Uh, so I think as things stand today, I think there's probably a couple of things that maybe you'd want to do, want to wait for first. But um, Joe, I hadn't really thought about it. Um, Sorry. Come back to me. Sure, no worries. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you had a particular thing in mind, like you thought, oh, maybe there's a, a market for apps to augment the performance dashboard by taking that data and doing other things with it. Or maybe it was more for developers to get a deeper peek into what's going on behind the hood. Or... I mean, the one thing you could do is you could start overlaying your conversion rate data onto your performance data. You could take a feed from both um, and start putting them on top of each other. That would be an interesting one to look at. Um, don't think you'd be able to get bounce rate today. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that would be one place you could start. But it's then where could you kind of mix and match? But I, I think in terms of the data we've got available today and we're publishing, I think we've got all those graphs kind of covered in the, mm -hmm. what you'd want to do. You've got the distribution, you've got the 75th percentile. Um, I guess you might want to go back further because um, I think we only go back how many days? days? 90, 90 days. So again, yeah. you could just pull them and put them into your own repository for now. And if you wanted to then do a full year or whatever, you could build that up over time as well. So I guess that would be what I would be potentially looking at it at the moment. But I'm sure there'll be some wonderful ideas and people coming up with things that we never even thought about. Yeah, and that was kind of um, the idea too. So we've definitely talked about the idea of app extensibility, potentially the conversion, being able to correlate these performance metrics to business metrics is definitely important. But just the idea of putting it out there to the community and seeing what all these brilliant creative developers come up with, right? It's like just having that, that conversation is now open, right? And we're really excited to see what comes out of it. If it's just, it's feedback, it's frustrations, people try things, that's the type of information that we look for that will guide the product roadmap. So this is kind of that, that first step. 
That's awesome. And that speaks a lot to you guys as a, a team, too, that you would be willing to put the extra effort into an API without necessarily even having a specific gain from it, but knowing the developers are going to appreciate that and do some cool stuff with it. So it's exciting. Now, Taylor, I know you're coming up pretty quick on your hard stop. Do you have anything else you want to ask or pass along? Uh, no, I think we wanted to just touch real quick. I know we had a couple of listener-submitted questions, so we probably want to hit oh, yeah. those quick, and then we'll end, uh, obviously, with uh, you know making sure that we cover any other like resources and things that uh, the team needs to get out there. But um, one question, I know we've talked about a lot of these uh, kind of specifically here, but as far as the speed score um, submitted from Ed Laver on Twitter, uh, you know, going to start measuring and reporting rum, uh, which we've talked quite a bit about, and we've referenced there being a problem uh, with lots of bad actors gaming the lighthouse scores for their speed optimization apps, uh, wrecking havoc on merchant sites, even um, folks that I've, um, worked with in the past that have been hit with these folks where they hired them to get a speed score, which is the problem kind of that, that was birthed out of that people complaining some of those instances, like they just wanted to see the speed score go up. It's like, okay, well I can make that happen real quick with a little bit of JavaScript just to say, Hey, if it's the lighthouse bot, you know, don't, don't load in all this extra stuff and that doesn't help your users. Uh, but it sure helps the score. So, um, you know, I, I obviously at this point we know that the tool, has come up, but is there anything specific that you want to say about that, um, you know, kind of like that motivation there? Yeah, so I mean, obviously that was one of the other reasons. So, so to answer the question, yes, first of all, this is run based, um, we mm -hmm. covered that, but just in case there was any right. doubt. Second one around the bad actors. I mean, listen, the bad actors and the, the market and the industry that exists with this is, is one that we don't necessarily agree with. And I think it's against our terms of service for any partner to build an, an app that misleads our merchants. So, um, one thing I will say, it's a game of cat and mouse, right? So this has made it a little bit harder mm -hmm. to now start gaming those metrics that we're interested in with publishing. But it, let's be honest, it can still be done. And there are apps out there mm -hmm. that do it. Um, we're currently in the process of, I think, of reviewing about 63 apps um, and potentially trying to shut them down because they're already wow. gaming the run metrics, not just the lighthouse ones. Like, But to your point, Taylor, the lighthouse one was like super easy to do. You just look for Very the straight stream, yes. you say it's a lighthouse, mm -hmm. you do something completely different. But the run ones... Um, are even more nuanced and it's a it's a like i say it's a game of cat and mouse so originally um the biggest hack that everyone came up with when we had lcp which measures the largest image or content on the page um the obvious hack that people started doing there was they were laying a transparent svg of 9000 yep. pixels by 9000 pixels over the top of the page and they would load that straight away so the user sees nothing but the browser mm -hmm. says oh okay this is a really big image it's loaded after one second let's let's stop the timer here mm -hmm. um Chrome then introduced uh, a check where they look at the entropy of the image. So they'll actually look at how how much color there is and how much um, you know substance there is to the image. Um, but we've already started to see people now working around that. So what we're seeing sure. people doing is putting a, because you can also get a text area. So a white text mm -hmm. on a white background full of just a lorem ipsum like as a background to then bring that up. So it is a complete game of cat and mouse. Yeah. Um, it's completely pointless in terms of if you're doing it and you think you're doing a good thing as a merchant, but however, it also creates a market for these kind of, well, I would say bad actors mm -hmm. to not prey on our merchants, but really take advantage of them and, you know, tell them they're doing one thing, but they're clearly not. So um, right. expect a blog post on this one soon. Um, oh, I think Mateus and my team is currently looking at this. Um, mm -hmm. we're, we're just kind of working out what our approach should be around how do we work with that those merchants and those apps as well that are, are doing those types of things. Awesome. I'm, I'm excited to learn a little bit more about that. Uh, so last last real quick question from Chris um, on Twitter, uh, asked about what Shopify is doing to help combat mobile performance scores. 
So, you know, there's always this disparity, right, between desktop and mobile. Um, and so I've, I've got a standard thing that I usually communicate to merchants. But as far as, you know, from y'all's perspective, you know, what is some of the shift of making sure since most traffic is mobile, um, what are, what, you know, what's Shopify doing about it or what's, you know, kind of the general reasoning behind that as well? Do you want me to say this one, Kimberly? Please. Yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately, what we tend to see is mobile performance is, is generally worse. But the, the one misconception I would say we have is that it's about the connection or the bandwidth, but it's not really anymore. Like with four and 5G connections, you can often find that you get a better connection on your phone than you do your home Wi-Fi. Um, it's actually the processing power of the device yeah. itself and the JavaScript. Mm -hmm. So the more JavaScript you add to the page, the harder it is for that device, because as good as our mobile phones are today, they are not as big, as powerful as our laptops and, and desktop PCs. Right. So it really lends itself, I think, there to being a little bit more conscious around what you're doing with the JavaScript. And I think the introduction of IMP is going to be so important here because I think now we're going to have a measure that genuinely addresses how much JavaScript on the page you have and well, how well written that JavaScript is and how much it mm -hmm. is kind of hogging the thread of the browser and, and carrying out those tasks. So I think that's going to shine a light. Um, the next big question is, what do we do about it? I think Taylor, you mentioned you find it quite hard to debug that. And I think that's where we're going to try and get our head around how do we surface attribution as an industry, not just us at Shopify, but like, you know, how do we solve these problems and say, yes, this measure is bad. And these are the root causes go and mm -hmm. fix these. And I think that's going to be key. And then I think the second part, which is super exciting for us as a performance team is is we can then go and work with those third parties, right? No third party comes to the table and they want to be slow. And so we've had mm -hmm. a few already where we've noticed that they are the cause of the IMP issues. We reach out to them, we tell them what's wrong and they are super receptive to receiving that feedback and any help they can get. So I think this year is gonna be an important year for anyone working in WebPerf to try and work with those third parties, try and get their JavaScript written in a way that isn't kind of detrimental to performance. So I think once we get that, and IMP will help, I think we should start being in a better place for mobile performance, kind of catching up or getting back to where it should be against desktops. Awesome. Well, as we kind of wrap things up, Taylor, if you got a bounce, go for it or stick around, whatever you need to do. Um, but if, merch if merchants or developers have feedback they want to leave for you guys about the new performance dashboard, how do they do that? What's the best way to get in touch with your team? Ooh, probably to start the Shopify partner channel um, if okay. developers are reaching out. And from a merchant perspective, I would say reaching out to support on our Point. Shopify help docs. Yeah. And when you say Shopify partner channel, you're talking about the Slack? Yes. Sorry, the Slack. There's some debate about whether you guys prefer the Slack or the Discord, so I always bring it up. Slack is popping up more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I prefer the Slack Down myself. Down with the Discord. <laughs> I prefer the Slack, 100%. Yeah. But uh, I was, I was going to say as well, I'm, I'm kind of hovering around constantly on social media channels as well. So if anyone had something burning to get off their chest and they wanted to talk about it, I'm kind of open to those conversations as well. So good. And the other, the other big thing is that it's still rolling out, right? By the time our listeners get this information, it'll still be February. And if it's available, how do they access it? And if it's not available, how will they know when they get it? Ooh. Um, so the best place to access it is from your online store, your themes, where you see the list of your themes. Uh, so right up top where the speed score used to be, uh, you'll now see the three core web vitals. So that'll be one entry point into the dashboard. Another one is looking through your reports analytics and looking for the web performance speed score. Excellent. Yeah. And how quickly do you anticipate this being available to all merchants? Uh, we're looking for a 100% rollout by end of month. Okay, great. So it shouldn't be much yeah. longer. 
not much longer. It's amazing. What a, what a feat you guys have pulled off. And I, you know, Taylor had to drop and I've got tons of questions about the engineering side of things, but I, I think we've reached a good point here. Is there anything else you guys want to pass along to our developers that are listening? Well, just as you mentioned, the engineering that went into this. <laughs> yes. So we talked about UX, we talked about all our data scientists, but the engineers that went, um, that put all their hard work into this project from back end to front end, creating the APIs, et cetera. It was a lot of work and a lot of yeah. collaboration internally. So I just want to say a huge shout out to the team. Yeah, if you are listening, Shopify engineers lurking out there, we really do appreciate <laughs> you. And I can understand how much work this was have been. How long was the project, if you don't mind my asking? About five months. Five months. Oh. Mm -hmm. And how many engineers do you think were on it? Ooh. If you had so, to guess. Yeah, like a, six, probably, six? Okay. with support from Michael's team and a lot of collaboration and wow. from other teams. Yeah. So that's uh, oh, two and a half years of manpower to <laughs> pull this out for us. So <laughs> to save Michael 10 days of working <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm very demanding, uh, yeah. <laughs> original requirement. Save Michael time. <laughs> That's right. Well, I think oh. it's also a shout out here. So this, uh, we have a internal um, hack days week where you have an innovation project and things like that. And actually, this was born out of a project from mainly led by Sierra and my team about a year ago. So this was kind of promoted back then. Then it got resourced. Then we kind of hooked up with Kimberly and her team. And then, like I say, from there it's been full steam ahead. And here we are. So it's it's been a good journey. It's amazing. Well, thank you both very much. This has been a really interesting conversation, very informative, and I personally can't wait to interact with the new performance dashboard. And we'll find you guys on social and the performance blog and look forward to seeing uh, more improvements as the roadmap continues. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you thanks for, having for having us. us. Have a good day. Bye.